Face podcast brought to you by Tata No Title, a free monthly podcast where we discuss and delight in the Australian literary festival landscape, featuring conversations with writers, readers, and festival lovers. Welcome. Welcome. Numero uno. First, first podcast. Welcome. What am I? Am I a reader? Am I a writer? Am I a festival lover? I would I'm suggest a, you're I'm a triple threat. You're tri- <laughs> yeah, I would say you're all three. I would say I'm all three. You know, they would stack differently, one yeah. above the other, yeah. at different times. And uh, welcome, I am Caroline. Oh, and I am Amy. And uh, we together make Title No Title. Yes. Which is, uh, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Title No Title is a resource for writers at every stage of their game. So, quick origin story, Amy? Quick origin story is that last year we were, we're so, backtrack. Backtrack. <laughs> Let's take it all the way back to 2018, because <laughs> these were dark times. It's a long time ago. There was no such thing as a dedicated diary for readers, writers, and book lovers. Can you even imagine a time when such a thing did not exist? I don't. But it didn't exist, and so Caroline and I decided to create this specialised diary that captures all of the literary festivals and events and competitions and um, courses and just the various things that happen throughout the year for writers in the one place. Because you find yourself Googling a lot. Um, uh, uncontrollably and, as well. Yeah, or, or signing up to a lot of newsletters. And then if you're like me, having a, an inbox that just is so out of control and so untamable that It's like that 50s film, The Blob. It just yes. grows and grows. Well, we watched Grease last night, so, so you know so what you saw. Yeah, <laughs> we're on board. Yeah. Um, and also because we, you know, we um we've been friends for a long time, and we also went to a we went to Clunes Booktown Festival. Yeah. As um a family, yeah. or, or two families, and I think what we wanted to also capture is how. That festival vibe. Yeah. Especially the small yeah. town festival vibe. Especially the small town festival Because there ones. are so many festivals across mm. Australia, big and small. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, some of the big literary festivals have their own podcasts. Yeah, that's right. Let's still listen to them. Mm-hmm. Great companion to this podcast. Mm-hmm. But they don't, um, the little ones don't have the... No, not at all. The capacity yeah. to have, or the following maybe, to have that. Because yep. they are community-based or place-based. Yep. So we wanted to be able to, to, yep. to do talk, that as well. And talk to people who... Run them, uh, go to them. They are great stories. They have great stories. As you know, I went to the Jugyeong Writers Festival in March earlier this year, and mm. it was such an interesting thing. Biennial. Biennial? No. Yes. Yes. Which oh, one? I feel like we discussed it. One is biannual, because biannual is two. It's twice a year. Every year. This is biannual. Biennial. Every annual? second year. Every second yes, year. I think 2021, I folks. Watch out for that. So, yeah, Jugyeong 2021. But they had. The entire town really came out for it. Mm. It was a, it was a, I felt like I was privy to a big local discussion that ranged from, it was, there was politics, there was Mm. drought, there was sustainable farming, there was, you know, there was crime writing based in, in regional New South Wales. Mm. Uh, Yeah, it was a really, really interesting, interesting weekend. And I felt like I got to know a community through, yeah, a rice festival. Yeah, and that's the power of yeah. stories yeah. and ideas mm. and these festivals kind of bring all those together. So we yeah, found ourselves looking for these a lot. Yeah. 
and yes, Googling and so bringing it together. And Amy is a printmaker. Yes, convenient. I wasn't sure what you were going to say then. You were like, and Amy is a a chronic Googler. (laughs) Which is also true. And a red Yes. A printmaker, which is convenient for me. Yes. Because I'm not. Yeah. So I make things with a printing, an old printing press. And last year's diary was made entirely with my old printing presses. Yeah. It was literally blood, I mean, sweat, and tears. It was. It there was, was blood. There was blood. There was. Yeah. There was blood. There was a lot of sweat. All of Gross. the tears. All of the tears. <laughs> a lot of tears. <laughs> Not just ours. No. And so we've been a bit smarter with the diary this year. Um, and I've still printed the front. I've still printed the covers on my old printing. Letterpress printed. Letterpress printed. But we did get them bound by a professional binder. They did a good job. They did an excellent job. So they look amazing. They're available now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also available in readings. Yes. In Victoria, readings there'll be a shop. few. So I, I encourage you to go to your reading store and ask if they're there and tell them if they're not that they should be. Mm-hmm. If they are there, put them at the top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, please. Uh, unless you've bought one and that's fine. We love that. Yeah. So, yeah, this is our first episode mm-hmm. of the Lit Fest podcast. And yeah, so the way that this will work is that we have one every month and then as a companion to each of our monthly ones, which we'll talk about the landscape of that month and what's coming up and what's what's happening around Australia and what you might want to get to, mm-hmm. we'll also have a interview with a, a book lover, a writer, a reader or a festival lover that is associated with... Um, yeah, what's going on that month. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's so Tam. Tam Zimmet. So yeah. that's this month for November. So... Will I read out what's what's coming up this month? Yes, please, Amy. All right, Let's start. So, we have the Wollongong Writers Festival is this month. Yes, it is. It's November. Yeah. So PS. we're getting a little. We're getting a little slim. Festivals yeah. are getting it's slim. Not, by it's this not March. Stage. It's not May. No, they're May very fat. Yeah, maybe PHAT. a bit. By the time you get to November, there's not quite so many. But we do still have a couple more. There's, uh, yeah, the Wollongong Writers Festival. Um, that's the 22nd to the 24th of November. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've been to the Gong. It's a beautiful place. It is a beautiful place. So, you know, 90-minute drive from Sydney, not far. I don't know what the drive is from up north. I know. Um, longer. Yeah. Uh, longer than that. <laughs> longer than that. And they're exploring the theme all lit up. So that is a program of events dedicated to topics that have been silenced, have stigma attached need to be spoken about in your more complex ways which sounds very interesting i like that idea like it's not just about talking about something but talking about it in a more complex way yeah and i think um maybe tam touches on that in our interview with her Mm. where she talks about because we ask some questions about feminism and Mm. how the festival might be talking about feminism and what way it does Mm. she does mention it it's about coming at it from different angles so you know uh good on the gong go the gong uh it's in its seventh year they have a short story prize as well it's an international short story competition as well which is quite amazing so have a look at that one they're at uh and uh they'll be in the diary as well mm-hmm. uh what else amy uh we've also got the untitled literary festival in stonington there's a yeah. few in melbourne there's a few in melbourne and council based that council based it is there are a few council-based or, or small local suburban Yeah, and some of them, festivals. it's interesting because some of them are council-based, some mm-hmm. of them are run by councils, and mm-hmm. some of them are run by committees. Committees, yeah, private. private. So maybe it's interesting, maybe it might be something to look at 
about the difference in programming mm. that maybe you can achieve when it's run by a council and yeah. when it's not. I yeah. don't know. They're about their boundaries. They can't. They feel like they might be held yeah, by. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And if they're because it's essentially well, they're, if a, they're compelled to to capture a certain voice yes. from from no, within the right. council. Yes, because it is essentially a civic event. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, um, that's fourteenth to the seventeenth of November. It has a bumper program. Artists or author talks. Conversations and discussions, live performances, and they have a writing competition too. But they have a both an adult and a youth version too. So yeah, Stonington, southeast. Yeah, I'd say southeast. East, yeah. south. You know, if east I was, south. you know, if I was really, <laughs> if you're a slash more east than south. Model actor, actor yeah. model. <laughs> I'm an actor model. Uh, it's yeah. like your triple threat. <laughs> One of those is at the top at some point. <laughs> So uh, that's that one. What what else? We've got Word for Word. Oh, yes. The National Nonfiction Festival in Geelong. G-Town, also lovely place. Mm. Have you been reading any nonfiction recently? Me? Yes. Yes. Tell me. I've been reading a very dry, <laughs> dry. very, very dry, parched <laughs> um, book <laughs> about... about the beginnings of nationalism. Tell me, I'm I'm already needing a drink. As <laughs> as defined by the printing press, the mm. invention of the printing press. And mm. I've actually got a really funny story about this book and Please. how I came to read this book. We're all ears, literally. Right. I mean, I hope I do this. We're only ears. Yeah, we're oh, there's only there's only ears. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, a couple of years ago, I went to a party. The kind of party... That is in itself a shocker. I know. It's, it's <laughs> oh, classic. I'm an introvert. I don't go to a lot of parties. <laughs> but I went to this party and it's the kind of party that just does not exist anymore. These parties don't exist anymore. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was the 40th anniversary, unusual anniversary to celebrate, like wait till 50 at least. That's true. You know? Actually, I feel like it was like 45 or Even so. more unusual. Anyway, it was a slightly randomly numbered, rounded to 5 or 10, but slightly randomly numbered anniversary of my husband's uncle's admission to the bar. I really need a drink. So, so the, bear the, with me. The bear saliva with me. has gone from my mouth. Bear with me. We're not even at the book yet. <laughs> We're not even at the book yet. So it was this party and it was in um, South Yarra and uh, there were a lot of, of established lawyers in the room. Nationalists? No, no, no. It wasn't an. It wasn't a national. Oh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I didn't ask. But I was seated. There was a, a this table, and I could see my place card. She, the hostess, John's aunt, is just the classic hostess. The mm. original, just yeah. She's hostess both, with the mostest. She's both organised and put together. Yes, very put together. Yeah, I um, feel like I want one or the other. Me neither. I'm ne- neither of those things ever. And she was just, she's just from another time as far as her, her hostessing skills go. And so she had all these tables laid out with people and place cards and she'd really gone to some trouble mm. to seat people with people. It's important. Yeah. Well, you don't think about that. The mix, I the mix is about important. that. You're lucky if there's enough chairs for the people yeah. at my house when I have any kind of party. You're on the couch. You're, yeah, exactly. So there were these place cards and I, I could see my place card, Amy, and next to me was a place card, John, 
which I assumed was my husband because my husband's name is John. Yeah. But it turns out it wasn't um, because John was seated somewhere else with his dad. And I knew nobody at this party. I knew absolutely nobody except my, my family. Mm. Um, and I wasn't seated next to them. I was seated next to some other bloke called John. And he arrived late, so I was sitting alone on this table. <laughs> and then this, this, this guy turned up called John, and he sat down, and he was this really warm, really quite eccentric mm. man from Bendigo, lawyer from Bendigo, who had been... Um, like a young, like a, like, the, what are their interns called? Like, let it, um, no, what do you call it? The articles, mm, articles, articles clerk. clerk. He was the articles clerk in the law firm that John's uncle was at. When so he, that's the connection. So that was the connection. Mm. They'd known each other for this, maybe it was 45 years. For the entirety of the anniversary. For the entirety of the anniversary, he'd known this guy. And he was the young gun back in, in at the time. But he was an older gun these days. And he immediately engaged me in conversation. He was just a really engaging bloke and said, you know, what do you, what do you do? And I said, I'm a letterpress printer, which is a pretty weird thing to say you do for a living, but mm -hmm. happens to be true. Especially if you don't do it. Yeah. Well, it's weird if you don't do it, but it's even weirder <laughs> if you do. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you're a much weirder person if you are a letterpress printer than if you're not a letterpress printer. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an odd choice. Yeah. It's a weird choice of career. Employment. Yeah. And he said... And he didn't even skip a beat. He didn't miss a beat. He just said, I read this incredible book once and it was about the rise of nationalism mm. and, the, and the invention, essentially, of nationalism. And this writer put it down to the invention of the printing press, which gave countries the capacity to write about themselves yeah. and distribute information about themselves out into the world and it, it they were therefore able to create their own narratives whereas previously a, na a national narrative you know on a global sense was only ever created if uh, a mer any merchant travelers or people traveled to that country mm -hmm. and then they would go back to their home with whatever stories like they controlled the narrative yeah you know whereas once the printing press came about it created a sense of, of combined and, and united nationalism yeah and so the word was out. The word got out. And, and the it printing could be spread much faster. And it could be spread. And, and it actually got me really thinking about, I've always spoken about the printing press as being a really important part of, of the information age and the mm. what we now are in in the computer age. But that just really solidified it when you think about nationalism and the rise of nationalism with the internet, mm. that it already had one birthplace with the printing press. Uh, yeah. So how long between that conversation and reading of the book? Three years. It's, look, <laughs> you, you had a long Three pile years. to work through yep, I have. until you got to it. Yep. Did, he, did he oversell it? No, I don't think he oversold it. Do you think he, he, he was more talking about that whole concept? Yes. That yep. the printing press had yep. that influence. Had that such an influence. As opposed to the writing of the book itself. No, yeah, yeah. And the book itself is... Like I said, it is, it is incredibly... Best served with water. It is incredibly academic. and But it is really interesting. And after this party was over, you know, I, I, I walked away going, oh, my God, I just spent a whole a party talking to a complete stranger and I had an amazing time. Mm. I had this really engaging mm. conversation and this hostess said to me afterwards, did you enjoy your conversation with John? And I could tell that she'd put us together intentionally. Um, she knew that he was, you know, 
great. She sent out an email to everyone prior. Has anyone read? Does anyone it's know like, what letterpress is to start with? Like yeah. even just any notion. And John's tried back. Yeah, I read this great yeah, book. Yeah, I read this great like, book once. Can I'm putting you next to Amy. Much. She's a tricky one to see <laughs> next to <laughs> But no, it was in- and I walked away sort of feeling like, well, first of all, hostessing is a forgotten art. Mm. And she nailed it. Yeah. And also, yeah, like I gotta read that book. Yeah. yeah. And you did. Mm. Have you finished it? No, no, I'm, I'm, we'll talk again in yeah, three we'll years. we'll talk again in another three years' time when I've finished it. <laughs> and that is the power of literary festivals, people. Yes, it is. Power of ideas. Power of ideas. Also on this November uh, is the, is Broadside, we do talk Broadside. about. Broadside. New festival, and I mean, I hope it continues next year. Mm, me too. This time I mean, last year. It's practically sold out, so. Yes. Not that that's Remarkable. necessarily what. What you're looking for in a literary festival, I mean, it is, but, but yeah. yes, hopefully you that shows the needs. Yeah, and it shows, oh, it just shows the cultural heart of Melbourne. You it know, does, we love it? a festival. We love There's festival. lots of them. Yeah. And what, that goes for a week? Uh, no, it's only over just the weekend. weekend. It's just over the weekend. And they have a teen day. And a which teen is day, I loved that. I loved yeah. that. So it's free for teenagers, and they can actually come to the whole festival. So the teen. As Tam was ex- explains more in her interview, mm. they have a teen day that is for all high schoolers to come for free, and then they can come and attend the rest of the festival for free as well. Which I think is a really great initiative to get young people involved in the conversation and in the ideas. Because in an, another interview that we did, we found out that the average age of, of mm. the audiences yes. of most literary festivals are quite a bit older. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but it would Older. be nice to start getting a really broad mix of ages at mm. literary festivals and ideas festivals. And genders. And genders. I mean, and genders. Yeah. 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 And I think you're seeing that with lots of the the festivals in yeah, the last definitely. couple of years is trying to reach a new audience and mm. do, doing things in different ways to do that and changing mm. titles of mm. festivals and, mm. and all of that to reach different mm. or appeal to different audiences just yeah, in but the first also as well. But also to acknowledge the way that we consume ideas mm. these days, not necessarily yes. through traditional literature, mm. you know, consuming stories yeah. through podcasts, exactly right. um, through internet stories, through YouTube. Exactly right. Different mm. ways that we eat them up. Yep. Okay, so that's November. So that's November. Which is, look, that's pretty good for that's November. actually not to too be bad fair. to get towards the end of the year. I mean, there's nothing next month. No. Literally... There is nothing. But, but come back for the podcast because we'll be chatting about, you know, what's Christmas. the year to come. <laughs> Christmas. We'll be chatting about what the year to come, I think, is an yeah. overall, the year that was maybe, any yeah. highs and lows yeah. of the literary festivals from 2019. Mm. We'd love to get some callers in. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. Thoughts. Um, it, well, what I would love to hear, actually, is... If you've been to a festival this year, mm. or even a couple, mm. highlights, mm. highlights of the literary landscape mm. this year. It's hard when we start a podcast kind of in November. Mm. We haven't, you know, walked the year mm. ourselves, but you mm. can definitely tell well, us. We've walked the year. We, ca- we have walked the year. Just not, or, like, just, just not, not recorded on, it. Just not on, on yeah. air. Yes, yeah. exactly right. So if you have anything mm. that you thought, no, that should be addressed, mm. we should talk about that. Yeah. Highlight it. Coming on the text line. The text line! <laughs> ah, yeah. I'm not going to give you my number. No. We might give you a number. I don't know if it'll be my personal number, you three listeners. Yeah. But <laughs> I think that's a great idea. I think, mm. you know, 
uh, LitFest is all about community anyway, yeah. in the broadest sense. Yeah. So <clears throat> if there's anything you think we should talk about, if we've missed a festival, mm. we encourage you to get in touch because, you know, every year there is possibly a new festival that um, commences. Absolutely. Or some festivals take a break yep. where they weren't going to and then suddenly they're yep. back. Yep. So we want to hear if we've missed tell anything. Us. Please tell yep. us. We are a platform for literary festivals of all sizes and shapes. We don't want to just, you know, talk about the big ones. We want to talk about yeah. the little niche ones as well because they all serve a wonderful purpose. So, what are you reading? Other so, than the other than that one, I'm also reading Dear Son, yes. the um, letters of Joy Hester mm. to Sunday Read. You're in deep. I'm in deep with the story, the Heidi story. So... I'm reading that and kind of getting a really different perspective on that mm. at the moment. Yeah. And I'm also reading Sarah Waters' I'm The Night Watch. Oh, wait. I've You've given read... that to me before. No, to you read. gave it to me. I gave it to you. Yeah, but you didn't read it. Nah. Because here's a, here's a fun fact about Caroline. She Is it fun? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't It's say... just a fact. It's just a fact. <laughs> um, she doesn't like... Books or movies or TV shows that feature any, any kind of, cru- I'm going to say cruelty to children, death slash of children, death of children um, um, sadness around children. Sad children. Um, I love a sassy child. Like, whereas I'm like, all of it. Brilliant. Special Victims Unit junkies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True story. And, and the Night Watch has, has quite a vivid and traumatic yeah. scene yeah, of, nah. of, yeah. Well, it's it's a, a, a pregnancy, but it's still, yeah, it's very vivid. And I thought when you lent it to me, I thought, geez, I wonder if you actually read this. And you were like, oh, no, I didn't. I didn't read that. But it's really great. <laughs> it's a beautiful book. It's a, it, the Night Watch is a beautiful book. And Sarah Waters is a really great historical writer i think mm. um she captures that time she she wrote um tipping the velvet yes yeah which was then made into which a mini series with yeah. uh diana riggs daughter yeah. who is now in the detectors i mean this isn't that sort of show but it's entirely different it's yeah. a totally <laughs> different type totally of show. show so a few books on the go yeah there's usually three i'm usually i'm usually juggling three i just read two books by jonas Johansson? Jonas Jonasson. We had this discussion. You were like, that's not his name because that's two names. That's the same name twice. (laughs) Jonas. I stand by Jonasson. (laughs) Jonasson. The Girl Who Saved the King of Sweden. Have you heard of that? No. Anyway. I reckon it's the first book I've read by a man in a long time. Oh, yes. Okay. And you know, I don't know if I told you, Mm. but I thought I read a a book by a man. Mm. Like a whole series. And I was Mm. like. Turned out Leslie was was a girl's name. (laughs) No, it, it was a pseudonym. Oh, and I was reading it going, this is so beautifully, like the female characters and the empathic nature of of their characters Mm. uh, was so rich that I kept thinking, it feels very feminine, this Mm. book. And I don't know what that even means, but it just felt to me like it was written by a woman. And I kept thinking, I can't, I can't, this man is amazing. Mm. He is really tapped into these characters and then I googled the author a bit more mm. and it was, this was actually a woman mm. I did the year of reading only yes. female writers a couple of years ago and look I didn't think that it was going to 
change much about how I read because I tend to read fairly balanced anyway, fairly, mm. if anything, skewing towards mm. women just because of the, the genres I tend to like. Yes. And throughout the year, reading, it really didn't feel like, I didn't feel like an experiment. It just felt like reading normally. But I will say that it did change how I viewed characters or how I viewed the way that characters are portrayed. Because when I came off the year of reading only female writers, one of the first books that I read afterwards was the very beautiful book, uh, The Narrow Road to the Deep North. Mm by Richard Flanagan, mm. who is a beautiful writer, mm. and that book won the Booker Prize. Mm. It is highly celebrated. Good book. Great book. Mm. Great book. Also historical fiction and a really completely different fictional take on the, the building of the Burma Railway throughout World War Two. But the woman in it, whose name was also Amy and had red hair, so, you know. Yeah, you're already predisposed I was to like, pre- I was I know, that's I not her. me, so, you know. <laughs> She was, I couldn't put my finger on it, but she was hollow, or at least half hollow to me. Mm. And I was trying to work out whether I'm just so used to the way that women write, particularly about other women, that this felt mm. a little bit cardboard cut out to me. And it's not, it's not, a, it's, it's so, it's such a difficult thing to, to put your finger on because I think in whatever community that you're in, there's going to be a person that's in the position of privilege, whether they're the rich person versus the poor person and the man versus the woman and the heterosexual versus the mm. non-whatever. And the person of lesser privilege lives in the world of the person with more privilege. Yes. They are by default, therefore, more empathetic towards them. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it can be difficult, I think, for men to write about women unless they have an incredible amount of empathy because we live in their world yes and we know them intimately as a result we are asked to know them yeah and so it's rare that i find male writers write women really well with the exception do you know who's a really good i i think writer of female characters is ian McEwan. Yes. Don't you think? Yes. He writes beautiful yeah, female good call. characters. I hadn't really thought about that. So it's not, I am not saying this is a biological thing, and I'm not even saying it's a skill thing, but it is a bit of a phenomenon that I find when I read when I read men that, that often the, the female characters mm. are just, just that tiny bit, I don't know, mm. ho- hollow. And you know, at the same time, I went and saw that movie, another really celebrated movie, Three Billboards. Yes. The outside, outside of... Some Something in Missouri. <laughs> Three billboards, for short. <laughs> and it was an inc- that was an incredible movie. Francis, Francis McDormand. McDormand. She's amazing. She's amazing. Won an award. Her, she won Best Actress for it. The movie won Best Movie. Feel it did. I feel, feel it, it did. Um, and Francis McDormand's char- character, female character, was incredible and mm. so complex. Layers. Layered, layered, layered. So layered. But the ensemble cast around Frances mm. McDormand, because she was the centre of it, mm. were all these incredibly complex men. Nuanced. Nuanced men. Mm. And I think they won Best, they won best Supporting too. Actor too. Yeah. And Woody Harrelson was, was excellent. Everyone mm. was excellent. And then it was populated with all these cardboard mm. cut-out women. Yeah. 
just like oh the sassy black lady like in all town. of our all of our it, like, all of our effort all of the went effort into went this, into this singular this one rounded woman. one woman yeah. show and yep. then the rest of the women were just there we're just, just like there. in a lot of Hollywood yeah. films they're just yeah, kind of there to be the there. wives be the girlfriends mm. be the mm. best friends be the and provide lines for the men provide lines for men that's it yeah. and, and it, I think it really stuck out like a sore thumb watching it stuck out like a sore thumb because I was coming off this year of reading female rise I mean there was a character in it played by Abby Cornish who has she's got this plum Melbourne Australian accent mm. like went to MLC yeah and she's young, like she's probably, yeah. you know, she'd be in her mid-30s and maybe in her early 30s when she did this film. Why is she married to Woody Harrelson, a small-town cop, 25 years older than her? No like idea. Just, that, that to me, like, explain it to me. At yeah. least, at least explain to me why a beautiful, just some, just some context, Australian <laughs> Some woman. context so I feel comfortable. Yeah. Understanding how she landed here. How did she land there? And and there was really nothing. She just was that. That wasn't was, a book beforehand. That was always a story. No, I don't, know. I don't think so. I think it was a film. Yeah, I don't think it was a book. I might. I might. We should Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's we've talked about what we're reading. So we're going to yeah. do that every month and covering off what's happening mm. and also bringing you an interview. And then halfway through the month, we're going to do kind of a free for all. Uh, discussion around either literature or ideas mm-hmm. or things that relate to stories. Yep. Because there's so many things to talk about mm. related to to ideas and stories that and, mm. and so many people that we'd love to talk to. So we're going to do that each mm. um, each month as well, just in the in the middle of the month. So each start of the month we'll have covering off what's happening. A wonderful interview. We've got some already scheduled for next year which are just wonderful. Yep from all around Australia, so we can't wait for that. Uh, and you can find us. Shall we do a sign-off? Yeah. Our website is titlenotitle.com.au. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on Facebook. Just Google Title No Title into the search bar. Instagram is Title No Title. No There's, underscores or anything. Aren't there dots? I feel like it's Title. Oh, yeah, there might be. Yeah. Uh, t- look, if you go to our website, you'll find us. We'll go through. Oh, I'll get better at this. Um, <laughs> we'll get better at this. Um, yeah, I think it's title dot, no, no, yeah, dot title. Anyway, look for it. That's it. And subscribe to this podcast to then just be notified whenever we have a new one up. And as we said, we'd love to hear from you, which is hello at titlenotitle.com.au. And if you'd like to buy an Australian Literary Diary, they are in readings. Uh, Just maybe check if that store has them for you. Mm -hmm. Now it's sold out already. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Or on our website. Or on our website. Mm -hmm. And if you subscribe, any new subscribers, Mm -hmm. might um, shoot you a sneaky email. Yeah, we'll shoot you a a sneaky discount code maybe. You can sign up and subscribe to our um, Mm -hmm. our mailing list on the website. So if you do that, we'll know who you are Mm -hmm. and we'll give you a cheeky discount. Yep. Well, then we'll uh, catch you on the flip side. Catch ya. Bye. Bye.